0: You're listening to the Lux Life Discovered Podcast, where we talk with people who are living a lifestyle that reflects their passion, because we believe everyone should be living their best life, their Lux Life. The show is hosted by Rick Steiner with Steiner Event Group, a premier national event planning company, and co-hosted by Shannon Richmond, the vice president of the Panama City Beach Chamber of Commerce. If you are watching on YouTube, be sure to hit the subscribe button and the bell to get notifications of future episodes. The show is produced by 30A Media and is broadcast on your favorite podcast outlets, as well as YouTube, Roku TV, Amazon Fire TVs, and other major brand smart TVs.
1: Hello, I'm Rick Steiner with Steiner Event Group. Welcome to another episode of Lux Life Discovered. My co-host is Shannon Richmond with the Panama City Beach Chamber of Commerce. So Shannon, glad to have you.
2: Glad to have me back, too. I
1: know. It's (laughs) always good to be here. And then our guest is another returnee, and this is Dr. Robert Howard, and we're glad to have you with us again today. Great to be here. It's glad to have, glad to have you in person. We did the remote the first time, so it's good to have the, have you actually in the studio with us. So um, we had a great conversation with you before, and a lot of things we we touched on a lot of things regarding men's health, but let's talk about the mental aspect of the men's health issues today. Okay, let's let's begin there.
0: Okay, yeah. sure so well thanks for having me on i think you know i'm passionate about men's health and men's mental health is especially an area that's really overlooked in the healthcare system uh, if you look at the statistics of just being male they're really quite poor and you know men die much more uh, die younger than women and yeah. average life expectancy about 73.5 for men uh, but if you also look at all-cause mortality men die at a much higher rate than women Uh, When it comes to mental health, you see a lot of issues there as far as access to care and also uh, men really not being able to speak up to seek the mental health care that they need.
1: Right. Um, So kind of give us a little bit more background into your mental health work, because you deal with the VA, Mm -hmm. and um, so kind of share with us about that.
0: Okay. Uh, I've been with the, the VA for 10 years now. I love working with our vets. Uh, my passion for working with our veterans, I think, really stemmed from my time in medical school when we did our early rotations, rotating at the different hospitals. And I love working with our vets. Uh, I clearly remember on rounds going in, and uh, back then they would have four patients in True. a hospital room. Right. And
1: right. they would
0: all be up on the, you know, at the bottom of their beds talking about war stories and so forth. And uh, it was just so cool and just such an awesome opportunity to try to give just a fraction back to what our veterans have done for our country. So I love that. Um, I'm a civilian, I'm not military myself, but I grew up uh, with both my grandfathers being World War II heroes and I grew up adoring them. So that I think just really ingrained in me a sense of passion for helping our vets.
1: Well, and when you were hearing those stories from the vets, I mean, they were saying, I'm sure they were saying that with just as passionate as they were if they were on the front line, Mm -hmm. you know. because my father was a vet and I'm, he wouldn't talk about things for years mm-hmm. so um know yeah, it was amazing what he kept inside and then as he got older you know different things would come out and then when he went to the va for different appointments and stuff you know he'd somebody would talk to him about something and that would kind of jog a you know memory or, or whatever so mm-hmm. yeah
0: it's interesting you mentioned that because i think a lot of men are very private with that mm-hmm. and you know my grandparents both my grandfathers didn't really speak much of World War II either. Uh, it was kind of something you knew that they had gone through, and it really didn't pique my curiosity until I was older and wanted to know more about their experiences there. Right. So, right. I, you know, I think there's something about that that, um, you know, when you've been through something, and I'm speaking, you know, mainly to combat veterans, I think, in this situation or people that have been really tough situations, it's hard for the average person to relate to that. Right, and and I think they really enjoy talking to each other. They have a kindred spirit there, and so they really find support, uh, you know, in their peers.
1: Oh yeah, and think about the ages they were when they were thrown into a, the front line. You know, to a something you can't. You can prepare for part of it, but there's, I'm sure, a lot of that that no preparation would ever have you ready for. Like battle you know that type thing so um as far as like the psychological and the mental aspect of it and
0: certainly common themes so often the veterans that i work with whether they've been um, you know by the time they're coming to mental health often it's for ptsd depression bipolar disorder or substance use being the most common conditions but there are common themes that you see really with each war generation and uh, for one veterans love to support other veterans and they really see them as their peers and they Mm -hmm. trust their them probably more so than their providers and i think one of the great there's a lot of different veteran support groups that are out there and you'll see that veterans helping veterans is often the best medicine Uh, but i would say some common themes that i see with guys coming back from i would say particularly transitioning out of the military coming into the va is a hard time adjusting and if you think about it, when you're in the military, you know, you have a set job, mm-hmm. you have a guaranteed income, right? You have expectations that are placed True, upon you. Yeah. And if you don't do that, you're kicked out of the military. So I think a lot of veterans really struggle with adopting to civilian life when they get out of the military and when they come into the, that's about the time they come into the VA system as well. Yeah. So I think helping veterans with that sense of adjustment. And if you think about, if you're you're a combat veteran, and you know you're kicking in doors for a living, and blowing stuff up, and shooting things down. Really hard to sit at a desk job.
1: Well, that's true, and, yeah. And
0: yeah. adapt to the civilian world. So I think that's why they're really drawn to other veteran groups as part of their support system.
1: Well, that makes sense because I mean you've gone from seeing the worst and being in in a situations that you can't prepare for, and then all of a sudden you're back to like a nine to five and. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. So. I
0: can't, I can't either, and you know, you hear just stories of um, heroism that are just incredible with some of these guys and uh, capable of so much, so much, and it's really interesting that a lot of them can come back and have a difficult time doing things that right. maybe seem, would seem really mundane to us. You know, And the part they did
1: before in some cases, But yeah. it's,
0: you know, it's so much of their training is you know to be prepared and be alert and to respond and it's pretty exciting stuff you know for a lot of them and then to come back to civilian life is i think a real challenge for them right and so the va has done a a much better job about helping um, our military get transitioned into the va system but i think we still have some work there to do um you know and i think if guys have a difficult time uh, really adopting to civilian life, that's where you can really see a lot of depression. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of guys lose their sense of purpose in life. Right, right. And uh, and it can sort of be a downward, um, have a downward spiral for a lot of those guys if they don't get the help that they need.
1: That's true. Well, you know, with men, it's not just the mental health, but men's health overall. Mm-hmm. It's, I, uh, there are so many things expected. Sometimes things don't always go as planned. Mm-hmm. and even like the way we work sometime or our equipment works. Mm-hmm. Let's just dive into that. Okay. You're great about being very straightforward. and so what are like what's a major issue that that men face sure. that they really yeah. talk about?
0: Well, I think uh, looking at men's sexual health, as far as sexual dysfunction goes, erectile dysfunction are really important topics that are often overlooked. If you think about it, How many times is is this something that your doctor really asks you about? Mm -hmm. But if you think about it, you know erectile dysfunction or sexual dysfunction can have a tremendous toll on one's personal life, on their relationships, as well as their self-esteem, and I'd say their overall well-being, too. So kind of interestingly, a lot of people think erectile dysfunction is something that only affects old men, (laughs) right? But it's actually (laughs) really common in younger men, too. And it's something like 52% of all men will experience erectile dysfunction at some point in their lives. Okay. And if you look at age 40, around age 40, it's about 40%. You get to age 70, it's about 70%. So it's really pretty common. And then if you group in sexual dysfunction as well, which includes uh, difficulty um, with interest in sex, like low libido, or difficulty with you know other aspects of it, such as um, premature ejaculation or anorgasmia, which is inability to achieve orgasm, you're dealing with a much wider range of people.
1: And it's not just older people. It's not just older people, yeah. That's, yeah. And it's like even with the testosterone treatment, Mm -hmm. um, everybody assumes it's just older people, a certain group, but there's some 20 and 30-year-olds that have very low rights. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, We've definitely, you know, we've treated men in their 20s. And, um, you know, a lot of people think, um, you know, when it comes to erectile dysfunction, they think, well, you know, it can't be that much to it. It's something that just kind of goes up and down whenever it wants to, right? (laughs) But there's really a lot involved as far as a man having an erection, right? So you actually have to have, your hormones have to be in check. The, you know, involves the brain circulatory system, muscles, um, the sense of emotion too, right? This element of being attracted. So if you have difficulty in one of those areas, a man can find themselves experiencing erectile dysfunction. So
2: they're not gonna just come in and say, this is my problem, are they?
0: Often not. <laughs> right. Often not. So I like to ask about it okay. up front. And uh, because. So you it, just put it out there? I put it out there. Okay. Are so, they pretty
1: open with you initially when you do that? Not always. Yeah. Okay. Not always.
0: I'll I often can see that. I yeah. often get a call back, you know, hey, yeah. Doc, can I have some of those uh, blue bombers? So, uh, you know, I think it's something that unfortunately a lot of men are embarrassed to yeah. speak up about. And, you know, there there's so much that it goes on as far as. Uh, you know, sexual health goes, and so people don't realize that ED can also be caused by common medical conditions uh, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, peripheral vascular disease, low testosterone. So people don't realize that you know it could be a problem in those areas, mm-hmm. and also common medications uh, such as antidepressants are notorious for that. Will
1: make a counterbalance. It's counterbalance or, yeah. that can cause okay.
0: uh, sexual dysfunction. Uh, a lot of blood pressure medications, you know, blood pressure meds are very commonly prescribed. So a lot of people don't realize that, you know, it could be something they think it's something wrong personally with them,
1: but it could be, it a could be factor, other factors. Yeah.
0: And, you know, psychological makeup. I mean, that, that's a big part, you know, if you think about, um, you know, if someone's experiencing stress in their relationships, uh, whether, you know, family stress, depression, uh, social pressures, work pressure. Uh, or even trauma. Say, you know, for right. example, psychological trauma uh, can seriously affect someone's ability to have erections.
2: So the blue bombers, as <laughs> you call them, um, can people take men take those all the time, and it won't hurt them?
0: So they're generally safe. So. Okay. Uh, Good thing about Viagra and Cialis, uh-huh. uh, everyone has seen the commercials, right? Yeah. So everyone knows, <laughs> four uh, hours. if you have an unstable yeah. heart condition, you shouldn't be taking them. Okay. And everyone knows that erections more than four hours are abnormal, unless you're on spring break. Right. Did so, you say abnormal or, or ab- ab- No, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, so then hurt themselves if right. they
2: took one every day.
0: Well, you. I, I don't see it taken every day usually. Oh um cialis for example because
2: it doesn't work immediately
0: a, it works pretty quickly so
2: you don't need to take it unless you need to take it
0: yes so you okay. use, uh i will with exception of i'll say cialis has a longer half-life than viagra so we kind of jokingly call it the weekend pill so guys can take one uh-huh. on the friday and you're good okay. to go all weekend uh viagra for example is shorter acting so that you know take one on friday you might just Get the benefits friday night <laughs> yeah. you know so it's it's shorter acting in nature so and there are other things that we can look at as far as treatment goes there's a really interesting peptide out there called uh, pt141 which has been shown to improve sexual uh, pleasure and sexual desire uh, that is something that can be used for females too oh,
2: and what a, is it a pill uh
0: it's actually a, it's a peptide it's actually a small injection that you can oh. take so we also uh, other treatments. Um, and I would say in very severe cases, like someone with spinal cord injury, uh, they can use alprostadil or Trimex solution, which provides instantaneous erection. So that's really for reserved for people right. that really have anatomical that's yeah. reasons for not being able to achieve an erection.
2: Could you imagine that? Be like going to your doctor, telling them something's wrong, but not telling them really what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you. Well, just, I'm sure there are a lot of people that do that.
0: I, I like to ask about it and I tell people, you know, here, here's how we commonly treat it. And here are the options. And, you know, I often, you know, guys kind of snicker when, you know, you bring this up. But the questions that I often have for people are okay, number one, uh, is it as good as it used to be? And number two, could it be better? So if you answer yes to one of those, you could probably stand to benefit in some yeah. way.
1: And it, it, it also, I'm sure, goes to that trust level as you build that trust mm-hmm. with them because guys just keep everything in mm-hmm. typically. So
0: um, and then we
2: were talking about testosterone can be for men or women, men,
0: men or women. So uh, uh, testosterone is really great for improving libido. So you see that both in men and women. And uh, it can also help with erections too, but it's generally not seen as a treatment for erectile dysfunction, but certainly can have the benefits there too. Okay. So most guys uh, that take testosterone, uh, they're usually really excited about that aspect of it. Right.
2: So So if we were to come to you, you would do a complete panel workup. Mm -hmm. And then besides just that panel workup, after you read it, you're going to actually have a sit down with us and figure out what what we're going through, what we're feeling, because this may say something different than this says. The lap one. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is yeah. my lap one. I know. I,
1: I knew what you were doing. with okay, so the lap, lap one yeah. say something
2: totally different than what I'm experiencing and telling you. Mm-hmm. So it could be something psychological. It could be just a, a million things, but you put those two pieces together and then get a plan. Mm-hmm.
0: So we really tried to come up with a plan that's custom curated to each patient. That not cookie that. cutters. It's not get cookie cutters. So... You'll see some of these TRT programs out there, and there's some of these online platforms that just say, you know, send us some blood work and we send you testosterone, for Mm -hmm. example. Uh, We like, one of the things we really love about our company with Optimize is uh, we're all about the relationship with our patients, and we want people to have a good experience and make sure that we're treating the whole person and not just a set of lab values.
2: I like that.
1: And then there's follow-up. Usually, I mean, after... What, like, three months? Is that the, the do so follow-up lab follow work? Up. So we usually yeah.
0: like for people to have labs two to three months okay. after their initial yeah. lab work to see where they are after they start treatment. Um, you can have, depending on what's going on, we may request that you have lab work more frequently. Right, directly. right. But generally, in general, uh, usually every six months.
1: But if a if um, you're not asked to provide the lab work initially or to even have a follow-up, then... You really need to find another group to work with. I would, don't think you so. think? Because so, I mean, to me, that would be the most important. That's how you gauge you've got what's to read you working. Into outside. Yeah,
0: yeah. There's, I mean, there are a lot of companies out there that are doing this. And uh, again, what I think really sets us apart is the relationships and this, and also think, you know, in looking at these programs, I think people should be thinking is, you know, is this a provider that really has an interest in my health? Uh, is yeah. this something that they're just doing to make money or this is someone that really cares about me? Right. And so is this is someone that's really looking at my labs and following up with me. True. And yeah. so, uh, that's one of the things that we do and really take pride in. I think if,
2: if you didn't build that relationship, some men may not want to go in. They're too embarrassed. They don't, they just want to fill out that thing online and mm-hmm. get something sent to them. Mm-hmm. So building that relationship is really important for mm-hmm. that patient. And I bet you they feel that when they sit there and have a conversation with you.
0: Well, thanks. So I, I I hope so. Uh, interestingly, there's been a real explosion in telehealth companies. I don't know if you know wow. much about these out there. Uh, they're really under a lot of scrutiny right now is when it comes to prescribing controlled substances and testosterone is one of those. It's not one that, That's know, a controlled a, substance. it is yes. Uh, so it's, um, you know, it's, uh, so the, the DEA has different medications on a schedule and so that is a controlled substance. Wow. So they're just different things that we have to be careful about there, but with the, all these telehealth companies that are coming on board that have just tried to you know without any sort of sit down one-on-one encounter with a patient they'll send these medications out to you That's so they to an end they're doing so, it without
1: lab work even
0: oh they will do it they generally have to have lab work okay and they should yeah, yeah. have at least a video uh connection with you right a video evaluation so but it what it looks like it's going to happen here in the next few weeks so the COVID pandemic um you know, restrictions or, or, or or let me back up, uh, the COVID uh, emergency order is uh, going to be lifted. So everyone's going to have to go back to a face-to-face right. appointment for I guess substances.
1: because of COVID, With that some, did open uh, up a door for deceptions. a lot of, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, the, for the, I know they do detail health for um, other medical areas, but I didn't think about this area and then how, uh, it could be abused and at the same time, so that's interesting.
0: Yeah. So,
2: are a lot of the things that you do are they covered by insurance?
0: So, uh, we don't take insurance. So, uh, with Optimize You, we have a subscription service. Okay. So, what we have found out is uh, we try to offer people an affordable rate. Okay. And in uh, a plan that makes sense for them. Yeah. So gotta invest um, in yourself. A problem with a lot of the insurance companies is they don't want to pay necessarily for things like this. So, for one, they would be covering millions of men that would need testosterone that would qualify for treatment that currently don't qualify, Mm -hmm. and if you look at the lab values on testosterone levels, there's a really broad range, so somewhere between 200 and 900, so if you fall somewhere in the middle of there, uh, you know, the insurance companies would say, oh, you're fine, right, you know, even if you're having all of these symptoms, now you might be you know, pretty low to the bottom, but the insurance companies will say, Well You're still in
2: that number you're still in that number.
0: So we're not gonna treat you. So we we work around that and really try to put the focus back on the patient and we eliminate the insurance companies. I think
2: that's way better because then you get to focus on that person as a person, not, oh your benefits are this, this is all you Mm -hmm. get. Don't put me in that little box. Get that plan and be able to work with it. Like a lot of chiropractors do that too. Give you a plan Mm -hmm. and then you work with that and forget your insurance, you're getting treated for what you need to have. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what, that's an awesome plan.
0: But well, we like putting the patient back in the driver's seat there. And, I like And that. letting them uh, choose what, you know, what plan they want to do. Yeah. And uh, it also gives them greater flexibility without the, the insurance company saying, oh, you can or can't have this. Oh, and, yeah. you know, look at uh, weight loss options, for example, they don't like to pay for that. We know that that Significantly reduces your chances for True. diabetes, All these, heart yeah. disease, uh, strokes, and everything else. So uh, we try to put the focus back on the patient.
1: So it's a concierge service. Concierge yeah. service. Yes.
0: That. Yeah. So people pay a monthly fee, and with that includes their lab work. That includes any additional consultations they need with us. Uh, we don't make people come in unnecessarily, and some clinics will do that just for billing purposes. Just to get that. Just you came get,
2: in, uh, and there's your copay. Right.
0: Yep. <laughs> so uh, we don't make people come in necessarily. No, people do. We still need to be checking in with them, of course. Right. Uh, but we give people a lot of freedom and flexibility, too. And um, they always kind of know they can come in and see us whenever they need to.
1: That's good. So now you have branches, several branches already, and you're still expanding. So where, where all do you have your your branches now?
0: So, um, uh, of course, Murray. Right. We're opening Owensboro, uh, Kentucky here April 10th, so we're really okay. excited about that. Yeah. Uh, we're looking at Evansville, hopefully that will be later this summer, okay. um, and hopefully uh, many other. Places.
1: And you've got you have Nashville. we have, uh, a... we
0: have two locations in okay. Nashville, right, uh, yeah. Nashville and Franklin. Um, we have roughly 15 clinics across the country, and
1: that's that's amazing. Yeah. So,
0: hopefully here soon. Hopefully here. <laughs>
1: Yes, I think it would be a very good asset to the to the area mm-hmm. here for sure well um so the optimize you part of it you've got such a strong medical background already how did how did this come into play like did you you know what I'm saying it's like you already had a great practice established mm-hmm. do you need something else to do
0: <laughs> that's a great question. I can explain this uh in two ways so. Uh, A lot of my work in my private practice has been with addiction treatment. So one of the things that i found over the years, especially with working with opioid use disorders, people addicted to narcotic pain medicine, is quite interestingly, I would have them in recovery for a period of a year or so. And these men, often young men, were coming back and reporting symptoms of low T, such as saying, you know, and my sex drive isn't there, I'm gaining weight. Um, You know, my sleep is terrible. I'm in recovery. Why am I not feeling great? Right. Yeah. but yeah. they should be yeah. feeling great. And quite interestingly, if you look uh, when we did their uh, lab tests, they're all low on their testosterone levels. And these would be really young men, up in their twenty, you know, twenty-four or so, with you know, wow. just really low levels. And what we know is that substance use disorders wreak havoc on your natural hormone production. Okay. So even though this person was in recovery, you know, long-standing substance abuse really wrecked their hormone production
1: never thought about so had, yeah. um,
0: I got into it initially that way and uh, helping people get um, you know back on testosterone they come back and they're like oh I feel great you know their yeah. you know, energy's great their mood's great and, and that helps really, with the other part of it, and of it helps like, with yeah. you know sustain the recovery yeah as well exactly. and which is often why a lot of people relapse because they're not feeling good right? sure and they're yeah. just looking to feel better so it's been a great way to help sustain the recovery so that was really fascinating, and I loved that. And I loved how uh, men would come back and just say how, how great they felt on testosterone and how they didn't realize that was something that they needed.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it was
0: really kind of surprising to them. So, and I kind of jokingly say it makes everything better, right? As far as your <laughs> moods go, uh, erections, uh, sex drive, uh, even your skin. I mean, it, it just improves everything. So uh, I got into it that way. Um, you know, I've also had my own personal journey with being on testosterone replacement, and I, um, I'm open about that. And In my late 30s, I noticed I wasn't having the energy that I used to have. You know, little kids were coming along in the family, and yeah. it was a lot to keep up with. <laughs> and sleep certainly wasn't very good, uh, but also I was gaining weight, and I really didn't like how I was feeling, know, I wasn't right. really liking how I was looking, and I didn't like the path that I was on. So I got my hormone levels tested and um, I got started on testosterone therapy, and it's been life-changing for me, and um, I'm here to tell the world about it because it's awesome stuff. That's awesome.
1: It is, and that's an area that most guys would never think that could be an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, it's, you know, we we talk about it, so we, to us, it makes sense, but there are so many people that would never think, oh, it could be my testosterone, mm-hmm. you know, that type of thing. So Or
2: maybe they just don't think they can feel any better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maybe or they think they're, or they, they think get. that they're still young. You know, it could be, yeah. uh, you know, it could be low testosterone, right? Right, oh, I'm too young. Thing, uh, yeah, you know, that's some old guys, people. They're just yeah, too macho yeah. for it. You know, yeah. they're like, oh, it <laughs> can't be my testosterone. My testosterone <laughs> right, right. I'm good, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so you got you got that barrier too. Uh.
1: True, yeah. true. So, do you have any clients or patients that come in and that's the issue that are still like, oh, I can't be it? You know, what I'm saying that's like not denial, but
2: but
0: denial? Yeah, I think so. Um, but it's kind of funny because I'll show them what their levels are, and it's almost like they're offended.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: It's like it can't be. They can't be that right. way or Exactly. Like, yeah. It's like I'm not trying to make you feel less of a man. You know, I'm just like it's not me. This is, yeah. just, this is factual <laughs> data <Right>. that your <laughs> levels are in fact low. Yeah. So do with that information what you want. But uh, yeah. often people can't believe how low they are. Yeah. So. Well, I,
1: I think that's been amazing too. Is And then to, to know that tw- some 20-year-olds have such a low level and you would never think that mm-hmm. beca- or you just don't think about that at that age. And who so. would think
2: about just because you took one or two medications that that's going to happen? Because mm-hmm. you have to have those medications yeah. and then that happens. So it's just good to get it all out there. This is what I'm doing. Help me. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Let you me ask,
0: read it. Mm-hmm.
1: I said too. So if it is a medication they're taking that's causing that, how...
0: Talk about the ED or low testosterone. Yeah, either one.
1: Yeah, how um, how do you deal with that? Because does are they able to take the other? I mean, take the shots or whatever is necessary. Is that going to
0: kind of depends on what's what's going on. So occasionally we'll have someone uh, that comes in with a history of anabolic steroid abuse, and often um, you know these are people that took high doses of steroids when they were younger. Uh, you know, for bodybuilding purposes Mm -hmm. and not realizing that they've drastically impacted their natural testosterone levels and end up having low levels. Some of those guys can have such low levels that they struggle with infertility as well. And uh, so, you know, we don't see a lot of that, but we do see some of that. So that's and with that, they of course can have the sexual dysfunction that goes along with that. Mm Um, now you're asked about other medications so you about like blood pressure medicine yeah, said, blood pressure, yeah so diabetes, uh, diabetes uh, so you want to make those other sure that those other uh, factors are in check so make sure the blood pressure is in check people still need their blood pressure medicine right right, right. Uh, Diabetes you uh, do everything you can to get their uh, blood, blood sugar in. under control yeah. A1C at a good level uh, so you want to make sure those parameters are are, are are well established with the patient. But also we can look at maybe different medications that don't cause those side effects so there are ah. other blood pressure options uh there are other antidepressants that don't have the sexual no, side okay. effects that yeah. many of them do uh but i'm usually up front with patients that you know this is something that can happen and uh often people often say that uh you know i've got to have my antidepressant i'm going to take you off of that if it's something you really need sure. and so we can often add something like Cialis or Viagra to that quite safely. Yeah. And that helps them with the issue there.
1: Okay. Man, there's so many different topics we could go to on this and so much we could cover, but we'll save some of that for next okay. time. So thank you again for being with well, us today. Thank you. a lot and of fun. We appreciate you joining us today on Lux Life Discovered, and we will see you on our next podcast.
0: Thanks for having me. Check out Lux Life Discovered on Facebook and Instagram and on 30A.TV. See you next time on Lux Life Discovered.